If you've got your Bibles this morning, you can go ahead and turn to Exodus 19. How many of you found your Bibles last week? As I requested, you found your Bibles and you dusted them off. And I hope you got them with you. If you got them, if you got them with you, raise them up high. Real high. All right. That's good to see. I've got mine here also. We are going to be in Exodus 19, and that's the second book of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus. I want to review just a little bit before we actually uh, get started. Last week's sermon was Relationships 101, and if you was not here, I encourage you to pick up a CD and take that and listen to it. Uh, there's really some strong biblical principles that you need to see and, and hear in that sermon. Not because I preached it, but because of the biblical principles, the spiritual principles that are in that, in that message. They, will, they should and they will make you look at your relationships in a different way. And the thrust of the sermon was that the religious leaders of the day, they, they came to Jesus and, and as in, uh, in, in Mark 12, and they came to Jesus and they asked out of all the commandments, and I mentioned it was talking about the Ten Commandments, and I read them to you. Uh, out of all the commandments, what is the most important? And that was a very important question in Jesus' day, but it's even probably a more important question today because there's so much more Today, there's so much more, it seems like there's so much more temptation today. There's so much more things to draw us away and draw our attention from away from the things of God. So it's just an important question today as it was back then. And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. In other words, all that you have. All that you have, and many of us, that's why we're here today, because God tells us to keep the Sabbath holy. Actually, he tells us the Sabbath is holy, and you make sure you know it and act accordingly. That's what he says. That's also why we, uh, we, we bring our tithes and offerings, between, because God says that the tithe, it's his. It's that one 10%, it's not yours. God says that the tithe, the first 10%, it's his. And he says, it's holy. And that's why we bring it back to him, because it's his. Uh, if you'll look at a, a story, Achan, he, when, uh, when the children of Israel was, was coming out of bondage and they captured their first city, and God says, now they had been in bondage for, for 400 years, and he told them that, he told them that you can't have any of this stuff. All the riches, all the gold, all the great stuff, you can't have none of it. He says, this is all mine. But there was one man named Achan. He thought, well, I can surely have a little bit of it. And he took something and he buried it in his tent. And it was a terrible thing. A tragic, a tragic event took place, not only to him, but also everyone around him because of his disobedience to God. Because God had called something holy, and he didn't see it as holy, and he didn't respond to it as being holy. We serve a holy God. 
So my point was that out of all the things that Jesus could have talked about, out of all the things that he could have said was important, Jesus said there's nothing more important than your relationships. Your relationship with God and your neighbors, the scripture says. In other words, those around you. You know, I realized a long time ago that I see people at Sitco a lot of times more than I see my neighbors, right? Does anybody like that? People you see at Huck's when you get gas, wherever you go. Well, those are your neighbors too. The ones that you run across in the day, during the day, whoever you have influence with, those are your neighbors and those are the ones that he tells us to love. Now, I mentioned also that everything could be great in our lives, our jobs, our hobbies, our homes. Everything could be great. But if our relationships are messed up, our life will be lacking. How many of you have heard the phrase, happy wife, happy life? Oh, yeah. I think that's in Revelation somewhere. It says that. I don't have the exact scripture, but... I'm positive it's a spiritual truth. I do know that. (laughs) Oh, I guess it is. I don't know if it is or not. You know, it's really odd. I I found this odd that God does not command us to do great things for him. He does not command us to leap a tall building in a single bound. He does not command us to part the Red Sea. But he does command us to have great relationships. Now, isn't that odd? Out of all the great things, he don't command us to everybody to preach or everybody to teach or do do children's church or do modified youth. He don't command everybody to do that. But he he commands every single one of us to work in our relationships, to have good relationships. He commands that from us. So if you've got your Bibles, Exodus 19, I'm going to read more than I normally do. I'm going to start in verse 1. I think we've got that for you. Now let me just set this up before we start reading. Uh, Exodus, this is where God had brought the children of Israel out of bondage. And he was wanting to lead them to a place where they would be free. He was wanting to lead them to his blessings. Is there anybody here that can relate to that today? That God has led you out of bondage and he's wanting to lead you a place where his blessings are so that you can be free to enjoy his blessings. Amen. Amen. Exodus 19.1, I'll read that for you. And it says exactly two months after Israel left Egypt, they arrived in the wilderness of Sinai. After breaking camp at Raphamadam, they came to the wilderness of Sinai and set up camp there at the base of Mount Sinai. Then Moses climbed the mountain to appear before God. And the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, Give these instructions to the family of Jacob and announce to the descendants of Israel. And let me tell you, if you're a born-again child of God, you are a descendant of Israel. Father Abraham had many sons, and you are one of them, right? If you're a born-again child of God, this is talking about to us. It's talking about us. It says, you have seen what I have did to the Egyptians, 
You know how I carried you with wings of eagles and brought you to myself. In other words, what he is telling him here, he is telling, uh, he's telling Moses, you have seen my desire for you. You have seen my strength. You have seen my power. You should know that I am well capable. Does that make sense? And I'm telling you today, wherever you are, God is well capable of taking you the rest of the way. Just if you've just started out, that's okay. God will take you the rest of the way. You just follow him. You stay hooked up. You stay thinking right. You stay hanging around with the right people. And God will take you where he wants you. Amen. It's true. Where did I get down to? Verse 7. It says, So Moses returned from the mountain and called together the elders of the people and told them everything that the Lord had commanded him. And all the people responded together, We will do everything the Lord has commanded. So Moses brought the people's answer back to the Lord. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will come to you in a thick cloud, Moses, so the people themselves can hear me when I talk to you, and then they will always trust you. Moses told the Lord what the people had said. Verse 10, then the Lord told Moses, go down and prepare the people for my arrival. And that's what we have to do when we come in here on a Sunday morning. I'll tell you, I like, we used to have some commercials on the radio, and it said, turn on 90.9 and enjoy the drive. And I think every one of us should do that. You should put in your favorite praise and worship music. Is there anybody here that's ever argued to the radio when they're praising worship? It'll keep you from arguing. You might not, you'll have 30 minutes where you won't hear the kids. You know, and here's the main thing. When you walk in them doors, your heart needs to be prepared. Your heart needs to be prepared to hear that still small voice of God. You need to be prepared to enter into the presence of God so he can show you and give you the things that you need for the, for your, for the days ahead. Amen, amen. So not, notice what it says. I'm gonna read verse 11 here. It says, or I'll go back to 10. Then the Lord said to Moses, go down and prepare the people for my arrival. Consecrate them. In other words, cleanse them. Warn them. Tell them to clean their act up. You know, he, he tells them, okay, now quit smoking. Quit drinking. Quit lying. And, and someplace it even says, don't even be with women. Because God says, I'm going to show up. And when his presence shows up, it has to be clean. It can't be all dirty and filthy. And if you want more of God in your life, I'll tell you how to do it. You, you follow him. You stay away from the bad language. You stay away from the bad habits. You stay away from the wrong things on the computer. You stay away from the wrong things on TV. And when you do that, I'll tell you, God will show up in a powerful way. Because God cannot be in the presence of sin. That is why we all must be born again. Amen. No matter how good you are, no matter how good anybody is, they cannot enter into heaven without being washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Sin will never be entered into heaven. It'll never happen. Verse 12, it says, and he tells them, he says, 
mark off a boundary all around the mountain. Everybody say boundary with me. Mark off a boundary all around the mountain and warn the people. Be careful. Notice this. Do not go up to the mountain or even touch the boundary. Anyone who touches the mountain will surely be put to death. So guess what we're talking about today? We're talking about relationships and boundaries. Relationships and boundaries. And I want to tell you today that if you will implement boundaries in your relationships, that all of God's blessings will hunt you down. If you will implement boundaries with your relationship with God, his presence will overpower you. His presence will overtake you. But if you have no boundaries, if you have nothing to set yourself apart, if you have nothing to keep you on the right track, God's presence will be so hindered in your life. Without boundaries, our relationships will be a mess. And with boundaries, they can be such a blessing that they'll be the most important thing in your life. Now, there's a couple of things. Did we get some tape, George? Mark me up. A, you guys mark, draw me up a couple of boundaries here, would you please? Just draw it between here and over there and make it real high because I'm going to jump over it, okay? No, I'm not going to jump over I am not going to jump over no boundary. But a couple of things that, the, that we see here in Deuteronomy that I want you to notice. The first of all, God declares to his people that he wants the best for them. And we got to know that or we'll never have boundaries and we'll never follow God if we don't know that he wants the best for us. If you think that you have a better plan than God, it's just because you don't know that God wants better for you than you want for yourself. So we have to see that. We see that here in Deuteronomy. God says, I have, you know, I have brought you out of bondage. You've seen my strength. You've seen what I've done to the Egyptians. And I say to you today, you know how your life used to be. You know what you used to do and be involved in. And your life you have now is much better than what it was then. Your relationships that you have now are much better than, than what it was then. So he declares to his people that, that he wants the best for them and he's going to lead them to a place. And God wants boundaries in our, in, with him. He wants boundaries in our marriages. When we date, he wants boundaries. He wants boundaries with our children, boundaries in every relationship we have. But now notice this. Before I get back to that, notice this. God, God tells Moses, he told him where to put the boundary. But then he allowed Moses to make the final position. So, so he tells us, he tells us to love your neighbor as yourself. That's what he tells us. That's a boundary that each and every one of us should have. But then he says, but then he allows me, little old me and little old you, to make that final declaration where that boundary will be. Well, they've done it 10 times. That's as far as I'm going to forgive them. That might be your boundary. They've done it one too many times. I'm never going to forgive them again. Maybe that's where your boundary is. 
So see, God told Moses where to put the boundaries, but then it was up to Moses to put them where he wanted them. So do I put it right over here? Do I put it over here? Just, just right on the line, just on the very verge of danger. Do I put it right on the line where if I touch the mountain of God, it'll kill me? Do I put it, you know, okay, you just can't relate to that. Okay, how about this? Do you drive right on the verge? Do you drive right at 10 mile an hour over the speed limit? Because you know, if you go 11 or 12 mile an hour over the speed limit, you might get a ticket. But if you stay nine or 10, you think you're good, right? You think you're good. You know, as long as I'm, long as I'm a little under 10, so, so, so see, it matters where we put our boundaries. It's, it matters if we put them out here about 57, about 57 mile an hour, okay? About 57, and then I got a little bit of lead way. You know, if the, if the if Brent Sledge, I hope he's not here today. Brent Sledge, yeah, okay, good. Mr. Carr, Mr. Bo is. Hey, we need some help back in the nursery, buddy. Would you care to go back? <clears throat> no, or so, 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 or do we leave, do we, you know, do we drive like 57 just in case, you know, the radar gun is a little bit off and it reads 60 when we're really going 57. Where do we put those boundaries at? Where do we put them at? In our marriage, where do we put those boundaries at? You see, God tells us where to put them. He instructs us, but then he gives us the right and the privilege to make the final decision. He says, now this is where they need to be. But you know, a lot of times where they need to be, there's a little bit, there's a little bit of room to wiggle, wiggle there. Well, in our marriages, let me just tell you a, a few in our, in our marriages, and I might touch on these later on in the series. You know, there are, there are things that you and your wife have in common that you should not have in common with anybody else, any other spouse. You should hold your wife's hand and you should never touch any other woman. Oh my goodness, don't make me jump up on this. I'm getting older and I think it's taller than the last one. There should be looks. I'm, I don't care if you're listening or not, I'm going on. There should be looks that you only give your spouse. Nobody else. There should be things that you say to your wife that you should never say to any other woman or any other spouse. You should never do that. You see, that's a boundary. But see, every Christian don't agree where the boundary should be. Oh, I can talk to them just a little bit. I can smile at them just a little, you know, a little hee-hee-hee, <laughs> That was me back in my prime. <laughs> oh, I hope it wasn't. I don't know. I hope it wasn't. <laughs> But see, every Christian don't have the same boundaries because God allows us to place our own boundaries where we see fit. And it depends on our relationship with him prior, primarily. 
And it depends on how much we know about him and about his word and the things that he wants for us. So see, so you might have a, a boundary here for your, for your marriage and, and you might be able to, you know, a little patty cake, a little smile and all that stuff. But I'll tell you where God says. God says, put that over here. And he says, you don't look at that woman like that. You don't talk to that woman like that. And you stay away from that woman. That's, that's what God says. That's right. That's what God says. Now, young people, don't think just because you're not married, I'm going to leave you alone. <laughs> because, see, we, young people's got to have boundaries, too. And let's see now. Now, here's the thing. Here's what you've got to do. And I'm going to illustrate it like this. The worst time, and I've said this many times, the worst time to decide whether you're going to go to church or not is on Sunday morning. Don't decide on Sunday morning you're going to go to church. No. You put that boundary there on Monday. And when you wake up Monday, you say, we're going to go to church Sunday. You wake up Tuesday, we're going to go to church Sunday. You, all through the week, you say, I'm going to go to church. And then guess what happens? When you wake up on Sunday morning, something comes up. Well, I'm sorry, we're going to go to church. You see, that's a boundary. And you've got to have boundaries. They've got to be preset, predetermined. You can't wait until you're in the heat of the moment to set up your boundaries. Right. Young people, if you wait until you get on a date before you make up your boundaries in your life, you're in trouble. You'll make decisions that you really don't want to make. You'll make decisions that are contrary to where God wants to take you. You've got to make them decisions up front, and you can't, you can't be touching each other and smooching and kissing and doing all. I know that, that I am old, aren't I? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm going to have to have a minute here, I'll tell you. Holy cow, I can't believe those words come out of my mouth. It's true, though. We've got to set those boundaries up prior to the time that we're facing them. Because there's going to be a time that you come across a, a pretty girl or a handsome young man. There comes a time that you're going to be in a time of temptation. Because the devil is a tempter. He is the little G of this world. And he wants to tempt you and get, take you off track. He wants to take you back to where you used to be out of God's blessings, back into turmoil, back into destruction. So we've got to have these boundaries. I mentioned this pulpit. I bet nobody in here remembers this. No, you won't remember part of it. Okay, one time, a long time ago when I was foolish, I jumped on top of a pulpit, not this one, but I jumped on top of the pulpit and, and hollered out. And I did that because I made a, Made a statement before and I didn't feel like anybody was hearing. Does anybody know what that statement was? Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> no, that's what they yelled after I got up here and they thought I was going <clears> to. <throat> Does anybody remember? That's it. Anybody else? Here's one. Anybody else remember what I was talking about? And I felt like nobody was listening. I'm going to say it right now. This is, a, this is a boundary that you've got to have for your kids. If you want them to do right and if you want to get them on the right track, and there's lots more, but this is it. Don't let them watch the R-rated movies. 
I got a better response this time than I did last time. So thank goodness I don't have to jump up on that stupid pulpit. Don't let them watch R-rated movies. You know, I'll tell you what, men and wife, uh, several years ago, you know, that was probably before they got so bad now, but there would be a real good action movie come out, and, but it'd be rated R. And we'd think, oh man, that looks like such a good movie. Oh man. And we'd think, let's, you know, let's go watch it. Maybe it won't be that bad. And you know what? It was terrible. We couldn't sit through five minutes of them and we'd leave. So guess what? We don't even think about going to R-rated movies no more because they trash them. It might even be a good movie, but they trash it with all the words and, and all the chaos. So we've got to have boundaries, but God says you establish where they are. You determine that. That's what he told Moses. You go down and put them boundaries where you see fit. So, of course, the question is, is where do we put our own boundaries? Where should we put them? <clears throat> do, we put it, do we put it right on the danger line? Or we do, do we give ourselves a little bit of lead room? Do we, do we play it a little bit safe so if something does happen... Uh, that, that we're still going to be okay. Do we give ourselves that little bit of buffer? Now, here's what we need to know. If we will place these boundaries where God tells us, his blessings will hunt us down. They will chase you. They will run after you. They will follow you. And they will end up where you're going before you get there. They will be there waiting for you if you'll put these boundaries where God tells you to. You see, God wants, us to, wants to bless us so badly. And we've seen that in Deuteronomy. God says, I brought you out of bondage. We just read that. I brought you out of bondage on wings of eagles. He said, you've seen what I've done to your enemies. And he said, I'm taking you to a place that it prepared for them, just like us. He's got, he's got our destiny. He's got our future already prepared for us. And he's wanting to take you there. But he can only take you there if you'll place your boundaries in the right place. And here's why. Because God's presence, let me repeat that, God's presence can only enter a certain atmosphere that's created for him. His presence can only enter into a place that's created for him. And that's why the praise team, they, you know, they pray before the church and they practice before church. And that's why we work on so many, th many things throughout the week. The staff does trying to eliminate distractions, trying to create an atmosphere that God can dwell trying to create an atmosphere so that you can receive and hear from God. You see, something I learned a long time ago, and I've said this before, I'm going to say it again. The one thing you don't want to do is interrupt God when he's talking to somebody. You know, Lakin, I think God could be talking to Shelby right now. He could be talking to this whole row right here right now. But see, what we don't want to do we don't want to interrupt that because they've been waiting for that. Because that word, that could be what changes their life. That could be what turns them around. That could be what turns their, their marriage around or, or, or whatever, their home around. That could be what keeps them from divorce. 
is God speaking to them. Now, in closing, one last thing. There's good boundaries and bad boundaries. The good ones is where God tells us to place them, and we place them there, and we adhere to them. Now, in the natural, a good idea of a boundary is our skin. Our skin is a good boundary, right? It, it, it keeps the blood in, right? It keeps our organs in. It's a, it's a good boundary, Right? But you know what else the skin does? Not only does it keep the blood in and it keeps the organs in, but it also keeps the bad stuff out. You ever think about that? Now, let me ask you just for a minute. I could have Dr. Moat come up here and he could tell you all about it. Okay, but what about this? Well, what happens if that boundary gets disturbed? What happens if you get a cut in that boundary and all of a sudden that boundary's not there no more? All of a sudden, that boundary is completely gone on your arm or on your skin. Well, what happens then? Well, then the things that God intended to keep in starts to get out, right? Everything that, the things that God intended to stay inside of our body, they started to get out. But not only that, infection and stuff, the things that God intended to stay out, they start to get in. They start to get in. And then all of a sudden, you can't tell. You don't know where's the boundary. I don't know where the boundary. Where, what do you do at the boundary? Who moved the boundary? Mom, you moved the boundary. Nope, Dad. Ori, you moved the boundary. And then all of a sudden, the good things are out. The bad stuff is in. And nobody knows where the boundaries are. You know something I learned a long time ago? And, and I, I've noticed this, kids swimming in a swimming pool. And I've noticed and I've seen them get in uh, the first time they're there. I see them get in and they're looking, they're kind of cautious, they're kind of looking and cautious. And the first thing I always do, I always tell them, hold on just a minute and I'll put that rope up. And I go get the rope and I put a rope across from the shallow end to the deep end. They know exactly where the boundary is and from then on, they're comfortable. Oh, they know. Oh, yeah, I can go right up to that rope. The fear is gone. They're comfortable. Mom and dad's comfortable. Life is good. Same way in the spirit realm. We got to have boundaries. Got to have boundaries. Bow your heads with me, please, as I close in prayer. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we do worship you. We praise you this day. Father, I just pray, Father, that you take these few words and minister to hearts. And Father, just not for today, but let them, let them be, uh, let them make eternal decisions for you. Let them make decisions today that they will keep and hold on to a month from now and a year from now and five years from now. Show them, O oh Lord, each and every one of them, the boundaries that you have placed and where you want them to place them. Father, give them the strength and the courage to place them, Father, where they need to be. And then once they're placed, give them the courage to stand up and, to, and stand for those boundaries and adhere to those boundaries. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <clears throat> we got a... We got a baptism uh, coming here in just a moment. Sylvia and Aquila. Yeah, awesome.
But I want you to think with me just for a minute. Last week we looked in the book of Mark. And the scripture said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and your mind, and to love the, your neighbor as yourself. Tell you what, now, if you really think about it, there's a key word in there. And that key word is yourself. Yourself. Hurting people hurt people. And if we don't love ourselves, it's impossible for us to love God. It's impossible for us to love our neighbor the way we should. Now let me tell you something. God says he loves you. God says he created you. I love you. Why would you not love yourself? There's people around you that love you. Yes, I know we live in a crazy world where people don't know how to show it. And you can't tell there's love by watching TV. But God loves you. He loves us. So why, if God loves you and he is perfect and he knows all things and, and he is established, he knows the beginning from the end and he loves you so much, why would you not love yourself? Here's what I want you to start doing. I want you to start can I borrow that? I want you to start placing boundaries according to the Word of God. You might not have to agree with them. I'm not asking you to do that yet, okay? But I'm asking you to take, to start placing boundaries according to the Word of God because God loves you. You don't have to love yourself yet. But God loves you. So you place those boundaries there. And then you place another one. And as time goes on, God will reveal his love to you. And the next thing you know, you will be setting those boundaries right and left. You'll say, I'm not going to let him treat me like that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to talk like that. I'm not going to act like that because God loves me. And we love you. <clears throat> One last thing I got to get off my chest. We've all made mistakes. We know that. I've made mistakes. Did you just not see me kick this pulpit off the stage a few weeks ago? How stupid was that? We've all made mistakes. That's why we all need a Savior. We've all made mistakes. That's why we got to have a Savior to enter into the blessings of God and, and heaven itself. But here's a boundary sometimes we don't like to talk about that, and that's the boundary of forgiveness. 
You see, God knows that we've all made mistakes and that's why we all have to have a sinner. But some of you here right now, you won't look at someone or you won't talk to someone or you won't wave at someone because they sinned. You'll leave them out of the conversation. You won't look at them. You won't include them. You'll talk about them behind their back even though they are repentive in their heart even though they've confessed that sin before God and they've turned their life around you still won't include them because of their sin now here's the boundary here's the problem with that here's the problem with that all of a sudden they're not the doing wrong all of a sudden you're the one that's doing wrong see it's a boundary I'm going to forgive them. I'm going to forgive. I don't care what they do. I'm going to forgive them. That don't mean you don't hold them responsible. You know that. But I'm going to forgive them. Amen. Amen. Girls, if you want to go ahead. Kevin, raise your hand over there, buddy. Right over there. Go on, go on back there, girls. and Stand with me just for a moment as we go to the Lord in prayer. I'll just say it. God loves you and so do I. God loves you and so does this church. Amen. If you have a need this morning, please come. I want to pray with you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Heavenly Father, we do worship you. Oh, Father, just minister your children today. Speak to their hearts today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.